This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put He's going What's he up the right sideline? Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Uh, hello, welcome to Republic of Football. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, uh, college editor here. What's up, Carter? You you're letting Grayson Allen win ish. <laughs> He's living in your head right now. We gotta we gotta pivot past. I know this dropped like literally ten minutes ago. Yeah, but it's football season still. You don't yeah. even need to worry about this. Is a future you problem. I'm flustered right now. Uh, Mallory, hi, uh, producer Malpal. Hi, I'm tweeting a Grayson Allen gif at you right now. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's why I've been quiet. Uh, I just tweeted it. So okay. So for those of you that are not familiar, if you don't follow the NBA, um. <laughs> Uh, the, the, uh, I am a Phoenix Suns fan, and they just traded DeAndre Aiden, which I'm not upset about. What I am upset about is that uh, one of the players they got back was uh, – well, one one was Yusuf Nurkic, who's a good starting NBA center. But in addition to him, they got arguably my least favorite basketball player <laughs> of like the of last 10, 15 <laughs> years in Grayson Allen. Um, but it's not like he's going to like play for y'all, right? Carter, let me tell you something about the Phoenix Suns bench. <laughs> <laughs> the bench stinks. <laughs> so he will indeed play. But for what this team. he did did he average much points last year? I mean, much minutes a game last year? Like he wasn't playing that much, right? Well, Carter, let me <laughs> read off. Since 2020, he's been playing 25 plus minutes a game for both Ooh. the Grizzlies and the Bucks. So yeah, no, he's playing. Um so that's why I'm feeling dejected right now is because I have to now find a way to cheer for Grayson Allen on my favorite basketball team. Um, we'll get you – hey, you know what? We'll get you a jersey, and <laughs> you will just be the biggest fan ever. <laughs> yeah? How about that? You can you can practice rooting for Grayson Allen at the Republican debate tonight. <laughs> 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 oh. God. All right. I got to zone back in. All right. We do have some news. Uh, that's better than Grayson Allen. Um, Are you sure? I mean, it's a low bar. Um, <laughs> so, power poll. Uh, let's start off like we do every show with the Wednesday show. By, by the way, we will have Jay Arnold on to talk about uh, some news out of College Station. If you haven't paid attention to um, uh, the, the Connor Wigman, unfortunately, the Connor Wigman news, uh, we'll have him on as well because they come to AT&T to play Arkansas. So, we'll have Jay Arnold Twitter personality slash co-host, uh, former AM lineman as well, uh, but also co-host of Aggie Warpod if you are subscribed to Republic of Football. Okay, so uh, let's get to the power poll really quick before we get into the Connor Wigman news. Mallory, throw it up. Uh, so, some the movement. Exact sa- no, no, it's the exact same. It's the same exact same. Um, I mean, look, we're kind of familiarizing ourselves with what the state is right now, right? I think now that we're entering conference play, 
we kind of ha- now have a resume for a lot of these teams, so we're not really speculating. The identities uh, are starting to form. Yeah, identities sure. are starting to form. Uh, if you would have told me that Tech State would have been fourth, I would have been like, or, or sorry, uh, sixth. Uh, I would have been like, what, what's happening here? <laughs> but um, regardless, yes, identities are starting to form. So No, yeah, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that we would at – Week five, have Rice at five and Texas State at six. I would have looked at you like you were crazy. I was about to say, I, the first three, fair. Texas, TCU, yes. A&M. That's yes. about what I would – maybe you can say A&M had the most variance, yeah. right? Like they could be uh, higher, lower, whatever. Um, but fair enough. Um, I think the one that I think the one that we're going to be looking back on probably – or the, excuse me, the one that's probably – we should probably be higher on right now I think is TCU. Mm-hmm. Is because everybody was so down on them after week one. I think people are now looking at that with some context, right? Week one, don't really know what to expect mm-hmm. from Colorado. Colorado looks to have some talent, right? I know they got uh, kind of embarrassed last weekend, but like they do have, they did have offensive talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a potential first round quarterback. They have one of the, they had one of the best uh, two way players in the country, probably the, I mean the only the two way player, the only two way player in the country, and Travis Hunter who went off in that game. So that loss isn't looking like the national embarrassment that people were treating it as. Yeah, because yeah. that was also the week that. They had no idea what to scout for. Sure. They had no idea what to expect. Yeah, so like and you're, they, you're scouting Sean Lewis's Kent State team, I guess, like to yeah. see yeah. what he's going to run. <laughs> so they just got, I mean, dominated by a Colorado team that they had no idea what to prepare for. I yeah. think that first game, week one, is always weird. Uh, I think now that they've put together three straight, three straight wins, right? They're yeah, three yeah. one. Yep, yep. Colorado? I think I think TCU's yeah. all fine right now. TCU, yeah. TCU, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think TC will be fine. And I think that they're kind of uh, what Craven kind of mentioned in his four one one is like, they're kind of emerging as like actually a big 12 contender because like, obviously Texas is up there, Oklahoma right now. I'm still a little wary on what Oklahoma is. Um, I have no idea if they're good or not. I think their defense is legitimately good. Their offense, I think is so limited. I think with Dylan Gabriel back there, I think he's a serviceable quarterback. I'm of somebody who is wondering when they're going to pull the Jackson Arnold. Jackson Parish- Arnold yeah. is the most popular guy in Norman right now. I was now. about to say, like, because I watched the offense, and I'm like, this is a fine offense. And Dylan Gabriel, so you look, you look at his numbers, he's fine. But he's mobile-ish. But, like, when you're when you're kind of, when you're used to Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray mobile, mm-hmm. right? Dylan Gabriel's not. And even Spencer Rattler was mobile. He wasn't a runner, but he was mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's not bad. And I don't know if they run exactly what they want to run, what Jeff Levy wants to run fits him, as opposed to Jackson Arnold, who can stretch the field and is a very, very good athlete despite being his size. You know, he's like 6'6", 6'5". He's a big guy, but he can really run. Um, Wait, Jackson Arnold's 6'6"? I have no idea. No, he's not. He's, he's, a, he's like 6'2". Like like <laughs> is he? He's a over guy. Us. He looks – he's weight, weight. He looks Yeah, he's bigger. a big guy. Maybe, he's a big he, guy. He, maybe, he, maybe the weight, I just think he's bigger. Oh, yeah, he's like 6'1". Jesus, all right, I'm way off. Um, <laughs> he looks big. Am I, am I free? Yeah. Yeah. The post. Yeah. You need to play for the Suns instead of Grayson Allen. Are we trading for Grayson Allen? Trade for Jackson Arnold? <laughs> I'm way overconfident. He's like, he always looked bigger to me at uh, Denton Geyer. I don't know why. He did. Um, yeah. And then also, he st- uh, it, Dylan Gabriel looks like he's 5'7. True. <laughs> Even though he's like 5'10, 5'11, he looks very small compared to. So I don't know. I get the. It's a, it's a Lord of the Rings uh, perspective. Trick like on when, me, I guess. when coach adds a couple inches on the roster. Just oh yeah, my, my guy runs a four two, better. and he's like, "Coach, your guy runs a four eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, regardless, uh, he for a bigger guy, and I mean bigger, like he's a stocky guy too. Like he can run. Um, so I'm wondering. I don't know. We'll see about Oklahoma when they obviously when they play Texas. Um, I think they got Iowa State this week. So 
I don't know what more we're going to learn about them in that game. <laughs> yeah, probably not much more. I've got a question about this power poll. Go for I it. see Texas Tech and Baylor, mm-hmm. respectively, at 9 and 10. Is that where they bottom out no matter what happens? Or can we see them go 11, 12, 13? Like, I'm wondering from recent years, do we see I the Big 12 teams bottom out in, like, the 13 see, level? I think you can see Baylor bottom out. Uh, yeah. I, I think Tech, again – uh, well, we can talk about Tyler Shuck as well because some news came out that he's probably going <laughs> uh, uh, to yeah, miss the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but they have Baron Morton, right? As rough as Baron Morton looked last week, he is the guy for the future that they are investing in. So, like, they do have a starting caliber quarterback there. I don't I feel the same way about Sawyer Robertson and Baylor. Right. It looks like they need Blake Shapin back. Mm-hmm. And so, I – and then even then, even if they get him back, I don't know how good that team is. I really don't think that team is very good this year. Uh, so I think Baylor could absolutely potentially bottom out. Now, I think UNT will be better with Chandler Rogers. So would it that that's mm-hmm. I could see them jumping Baylor just based on momentum. Um, Sam Houston, once they start getting the Conference USA play, we'll see. They could potentially UTEP same right. So yeah, I could. There is a world where Baylor <laughs> bottoms out and finishes thirteenth if com- if Conference USA kind of leans to Sam Houston and UTEP's uh, favor. So all the coaches in college this weekend decided to turn into WWE characters. Oh yeah, they were all and promos. It started I, with uh, Lanning in, in Oregon just kicking off the weekend with his promo on Colorado. Let <laughs> me. I'll say something for Baylor so they can use it as momentum. And okay. Baylor fans, I'm doing this for you so Dave Aranda can use this Bulls in his next press material. conference. It's over. Like, this season's done. It's kind of looking over. I mean, it's one in three right now at home. Even if you get Blake Shapin back, I don't think the problem is Sawyer Robertson. No, I think the isn't. problem is deeper within the team. Right. The, the problem – the the thing with Sawyer Robertson, it is highlights so much more wrong with the team, right? Mm-hmm. It highlights that the offensive line is not very good because he can't move. It highlights that they rely probably a little too much on the run game because they can't. He's not really able to maneuver right. to these wide receivers, and also the wide receivers kind of haven't been that great this year either. Uh, it highlights the fact that they can't stop anybody on defense and they can't score, so they're giving up points on defense. And yeah, uh, I think Max Olson from the Athletic put out their stop rate rankings for the year. And uh, Baylor's 108, I think, right now, which is basically like how many times you're forcing punts and right. uh, uh, basically stopping drives. It's the per, it's a good metric to measure like pace of play, right? If you're giving up a lot of drives but not a lot of touchdowns, you're actually rated higher than if you're giving up few drives and few touchdowns, things like that. Uh, Baylor's 108, which is not something you would expect from a Dave Aranda team. I all. hope Baylor wins versus UCF, and in the post game interview on the field, Dave Aranda's, Dave Aranda's like, what Carter Yates said. <laughs> About Baylor, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe. Lit a fire. Pull a pull a Ryan Day about <laughs> yeah, <that'd be laughs> when he when he went off of uh, Lou or Lou whatever. Holtz. Lou Holtz, yes. yeah. <laughs> and Lou Holtz is like sleeping, but at the time he's talking about the press conference. He's like, I don't, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> uh, by the way, did you see what Lou Holtz said in response to that? Yes. He was like, you should be worried about Michigan. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> I was like, Yo, that's dope. <laughs> I was like, I just hope this continues to escalate. That after I every win, too. Ryan Day yeah. just calls out Lou Holtz, and Lou Holtz <laughs> is like, well, have you beaten Michigan yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, we'll, we're going to get uh, Jay Arnold on in a bit, but I do want to hint a little bit on uh, Connor Wigman. We'll talk more about this in a bit. Uh, Connor Wigman, more or less, I think Jimbo did confirm it, actually, uh, will be out for the rest of the year. He 
purportedly needs surgery. Um, he uh, believe it was reported initially reported to be a high ankle sprain. Uh, they did some MRI testing. Originally, neck X-rays were negative, but MRI testing I think needed some swelling to go down. I think that's what kind of happened. And yeah, it looks like he is out for the year. So they are rolling with Max Johnson, who again, to his credit, looked pretty good against Auburn. Um, I don't think Auburn's that great, but compared to last year where Max Johnson did not look great, uh, I think that's a positive-ish way to maybe look at the, the future for them. I uh, just can't believe Connor Wigman walked out of the stadium with a season-ending injury. He like, did can not we get have this any guy help. a stretcher? He did not have something? any help. He just straight up limped off the he field. He just <laughs> limping. Took him like 30 minutes to get to the get to the locker rooms. Like, yeah. Can someone like Wounded Warrior carry this guy or <laughs> something? Yeah, seriously. Uh, all right. So while before we get to Jay, I do want to tell you a little bit about our beautiful, wonderful friends at Home Field Apparel. Carter, do you have any home field stuff? Not yet. I'm still searching. <sighs> well, you don't have a lack of options to choose from, right? Obviously, you're a Texas grad. You're a Texas boy. Uh, you just put out a piece about how Texas fans need to be a little bit embracing of the ride, of the ride right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so, by the way, go check that piece out. Uh, Carter talked about how the idea of Texas being back is kind of a myth and not really something that exists. In a way, you should celebrate how good they are. Being number three in the poll right now is Home Field Apparel, uh, promo code DCTF, 50% off your first-time purchase. And they have a ton of tech. They had they have, they have two launches for Texas um, in particular. The recent launch was awesome. They have the Running Horns logo, which is basketball. They have mm -hmm. It's really, really cool. Um, a lot of our in-state FBS programs have home field affiliates um, or home field uh, brands, I should say. And by the way, if you don't want to support us, I mean, as much as we would love for you to use promo code DCTF, every single show on the Republic of Football Network has their own promo code. So feel free if you want to support the people at Frogs Insider, Aggie Warpod, uh, uh, Square and Around. They all have their own promo code that they all give you the f uh, the same deal of 15% off your first time purchase. I believe Homefield's also actually about to announce something for this state. Not not a new school, but a, a new uh, uh, T-shirt. I, I think they just put it out, actually, for the Texas-Kansas game. Um, so they have, like, a new sweater, I think, for the uh, the upcoming Texas. No one works harder than home field apparel dropping new. They merch. are hustling. They dropped a they dropped a Sam Hartman nil uh, t shirt last week before the Ohio State game. Like they're that awesome. Rocks. By the way, if you're a Colts fan, they have, they're they're based in Indianapolis, so they have Colts gear. Okay. And so like they just, I think they launched that last year, which is yeah. actually pretty cool. So again, promo code DCTF or any of the thirteen uh, programs on uh, the Republic of Football Network. Go check out their promo codes and support the shows as well. Speaking of the Republic of Football Network and speaking of promo codes that you could plug, Jay Arnold is on now with us. Jay, what's up, man? And uh, by the way, what's the promo code for Aggie Warpod? The promo code for Aggie Warpod is WHOOP. That's W-H-O-O-P. Uh, you know, my voice is a little bit hoarser than usual. Uh, playing hurt today, I went to the Penn State Whiteout this weekend oh. and had a great time up there. Oh man, I was gonna say you're, you're not too. You're not too. You haven't been crying too much about the Connor Wigman news, have you? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously I'm bummed for Connor, yeah. but uh, no, nah, I mean, Anim's kind of in a lucky position that they have a quarterback as a backup as good as Max Johnson. Yeah. So we were kind of talking a little bit about that. Um, you know, obviously a huge blow because it looked like last year the hype was that okay, Connor Wigman looks like the guy and he looks like somebody potentially who could. Uh, take this offense if it clicks under Bobby Petrino to new to new heights. Obviously, huge blow to him. But you mentioned it, Max Johnson, particularly last week. Um, I think this system, and to me, this is why you hire Bobby Petrino, not only to get the best out of a Connor Wigman, but to also make the overall 
position better? And do you think you saw enough to where you have confidence in Max Johnson to where the floor, the, the ceiling may not be there with Connor Wigman, but the floor is now also raised? No, I think the floor is definitely raised. And a big part of that, too, is the weapons that AM has around uh, the quarterback. I mean, you look at the receiver guys like Evan Stewart and uh, you know now Jake Johnson as a tight end. Uh, there's just so many weapons around. And I, Smith, I mean, it's it feeds in that uh, Bobby Petrino offensive philosophy of feeding the studs. And I think, uh, you know, with Max Johnson coming in, you're not going to have as much of a drop-off as you would think. Jay, I want to ask you about the defensive side of the ball for AM. Mike Craven, your podcast co-host, uh, dropped kind of a scathing column a bit about the DJ Durkin issue with Texas A&M. What are your thoughts on this defense early in the season, and maybe what can we expect from them? Yeah, I mean, so DJ Durkin and his philosophy, it felt like he was trying to have more of a pin but dope break approach in the first few games. And uh, against Miami, they to a bend and break approach. <laughs> uh, but, you know, against Auburn, I was a little bit encouraged by the performance because it seemed like he allowed the defensive line to get after the quarterback a little bit more than they have. It worked out to the tune of seven sacks and 15 tackles for loss, which helped limit an Auburn offense that isn't particularly great. But there are some some positives that you can take away from that. Uh, I still think that there's some problematic approaches in DJ Durkin's defensive philosophy. But I do think he allows the defensive line to kind of pin their ears back, get some penetration, get upfield a little bit more. Uh, it can help make up for some of the issues in the back end. Looking a little bit at this Arkansas game, you've played in this in this rivalry. Like It always seemed like even when things were going south or perceivedly going south for uh, A&M under Kevin Sumlin or any really at any time, it always seemed like, all right, Arkansas is coming up. It's going to be a crazy game, but they're always going to win. Um, obviously, they got one in 2021, but what's this game like? It feels like this is uh, obviously an old Southwest Conference matchup, things like that, but it always feels like this game is kind of crazy. Uh, for like no real reason. Other, uh, I think last year the, the game swung on that KJ Jefferson fumble that was returned for a touchdown. It always seems like there's some type of like wild, crazy moments in this. Yeah, it's just pure chaos. I mean, this game is the kind of game that takes you as a fan mm -hmm. uh, and even more years off of your life as a player. It's just, uh, it's a lot to go through. And, and, you know, for some reason, like even if Arkansas is down or AM's down, it seems like it's all very, very tight game. I mean, sometimes you see the games go to overtime. I mean, it's just one of those games that weird things like that KJ Jefferson fumble last year always happen. Uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, it's it's not fun to go through. <laughs> it's uh, you would much rather have a, a, a dominant win and get out of there unscathed. Just not the way this game plays out, and it's it's kind of why I think the. Uh, the rivalry between the fans has been kind of reignited is because of the closeness of those competitions. Jay, you mentioned earlier, like feed the studs. And I'm wondering on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, maybe like, have there been, has there been a guy on either side who has really taken you by surprise this year? Or maybe you weren't expecting as much and has looked far better than you thought. I mean, you look at a, a guy that, I was expecting to do really well, and, and unfortunately it's gotten hurt in Noah Thomas. But his uh, similar receiver, a big-bodied guy, and Jade Walker that stepped up and played pretty well, 
since since the loss of Thomas. And then defensively, I think Torian York as a true freshman uh, mm-hmm. coming in and and being pretty much the quarterback of that defense and and stepping up and and making plays as he has. I mean, it's hard not to be impressed with that guy. He's playing so far above what he was rated coming out of high school, and he's a guy that I liked a lot. I thought he was going to make an impact early, but I mean, even from that, it's it's just blowing my expectations away. Yeah, a um, little bit more on Tory and York because it always seemed like the AM front was always a strength in the secondary, but it seems like it's been a while since that linebacking core had somebody as rangy as him for to, again to show as a freshman right now. Um, that was one thing that I noticed because the AM had always gotten these highly touted guys, and you played along some highly touted guys when you were there. But it always seemed like they never, for whatever reason, could never get the best out of them as opposed to the first and even the third level kind of being the strengths going on, going through the past era, basically. Yeah, I mean, you had a guy in, in Buddy Johnson that was really talented yeah. uh, in that in-between. That in but linebacker is a position that ain't after recruit. Uh, I think part of that goes to the state of Texas as well, mm. as well as just the linebacker position. It, it's... It's not a flashy position. It's not a position that kids want to play like it used to be. Yeah. Uh, guys either want to be in the secondary or they want to be that edge defender, uh, the edge defender that's a pass rusher. So it's hard to recruit linebackers, and I think that's part of why AM has struggled. But at the same time, I mean, they just haven't been able to put it together. Uh, so it's great to see a guy like Torian York step up. All right, Jay. I know this is a crazy game, AM Arkansas. Do you have a prediction? Oh man! So we just recorded the Aggie Warpod, and my was that uh, you know there's no way I can give a prediction because this game is just <laughs> utter chaos. Yeah. Uh, but the the final score that I decided on was 35-32 in favor of Texas A&M. All right. Okay. Like High scoring affair. I could see it. I could see it. Again, this game makes no sense. Like this, <laughs> yeah. this game. Well, and, and Arkansas has been putting up points. I mean, I think they've scored in both of their last two games against BYU and LSU. Yeah. Uh, and then AM, I mean, defensively, you're you're going to struggle to contain KJ Jefferson uh, just between ability to, to break tackles and then get the ball downfield. 70% completion percentage last week against LSU. Uh, so he's not just a runner. Like, he, he's also excellent at throwing the ball. I, I think you're going to see a lot of points put up in this game. Yeah. I think KJ Jefferson is like the first guy that comes to mind of people I would never want to tackle. God, it looks like it, looks like it hurts. Like it just looks like it yeah, just it hurts. It's like he's gonna get three yards <laughs> and it's gonna hurt. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, how big is he? He's two, two almost two fifty. Jesus, at least yeah. according to the Arkansas. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't know who. Oh, actually, that's a good. Who was your least favorite player to tackle? Uh, Derrick Henry, easily. Oh, that's a good one. Oh man, I forgot you played during that. Oh man, that's rough. <laughs> And that was that was true freshman Derrick Henry. That wasn't even final form Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, have you ever? I was about to say you're play, you're running going against a running back who's like your size. <laughs> it's like I've never I've never dealt with this before. And much faster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, last one before we let you go. Uh, this one's a little bit on the lighter side. Obviously, Wigman is out for the year now, but I know I saw some people messing with you on Twitter about his NIL deal. Uh, you're a Duke's man, and he signs uh, Hellman's. Uh, NIL deal. Did you, did you, you have to make some calls say, Hey, what happened here? Where, where, where'd the Duke's money come from? Yeah. I mean, look, it, it's, it's a little bit disappointing to see, uh, you know, it's, it's part of it. And, and I, I'm glad that he's getting it back because, you know, I, I'm just still kind of bitter that I didn't get my NIL opportunities because <laughs> it wasn't a thing yet when I was, 
<laughs> that's a good point that's a good point well we'll, we'll like i said well, dukes will dukes will have you have you set up it's all good i'll uh i'll make some calls for dukes to to get you that retro <laughs> that retrospective money there you go yeah let me see if i can like get eligibility in a different sport or there something there you go <laughs> that'll work all right man jay rest that voice up because we need you this weekend where are you at this weekend uh so actually me and mike are both going to be at sam houston state tomorrow night nice uh and then i'll be kind of taking it easy on saturday and, and resting and recovering there you go. Uh, eat some lozenges, drink some tea, and you'll be uh, be ready to go for next week. So that's Jay Arnold, former defensive lineman for AM. He hosts uh, proudly hosts the Aggie War Pod with Mike Craven on the Republic of Football Network. Uh, go ahead and give him a follow. Listen on this same feed if you are subscribed to ROF. Uh, Aggie War Pod drops every Wednesday. Is that right? About. Uh, usually, obviously, we had a little bit of a, a shakeup between my voice not being great sure, and, sure. and me traveling back from the wideout, but uh, should be out tomorrow, but normally it'll drop on Wednesday. Cool, cool. All right, man. Take care, buddy. Thank you all for having me. Uh-huh. All right, Jay Arnold. Yeah, so I guess we can wrap up the uh, A&M Arkansas discussion there. I mean, again, I remember when I first started at this job, it was kind of the, the downturn-ish of Kevin Sumlin, right? And it was like when the fans kind of started to – trying to figure out what exactly they got going here every year was always like oh they beat arkansas it was like didn't matter right uh i believe that was the one year that went into like double overtime it was like 45 43 and it was just like what's happening here what, what's going on in this game sky is falling sky could be falling and for all we know i think i mean this happened literally last year it was sky was falling everywhere haynes king's not the guy connor wigman is he ready max johnson's not good enough kj jefferson fumbles and they return for a touchdown they beat they beat arkansas so uh our intern naomi brown will actually be on uh site for this one um so definitely give her a follow and she'll have some dispatch from at&t at well. at&t i think it's so awesome how this rivalry is played at a neutral site because yeah. that's how you get the craziest games oh 100 you know that's like texas and oklahoma throw the records out yeah. like it's gonna be a crazy game no matter what these neutral site rivalry games like we need to have more of these i was I about to say like the, i miss the uh i don't does do florida and georgia still do the cocktail party in jacksonville I, I think don't they st- know. I thought they stopped it at because I mean that was similar where it's like I think of the cocktail party I think of the the Red River um, mm. Army Navy's obviously always played in Philly like I do love the neutral site the established neutral site uh, uh, rivalry games are also really cool so uh, I think uh, Sam and SFA was in NRG for a while mm-hmm. before they stopped playing that one so yeah I think that's uh, I agree I'm I'm a fan of the neutral site games all right uh, what do we got for what was our other games of the week we had. We have, let's go ahead and... Yeah, uh, let's go into it, Mallory. So I was going to just touch on this a little bit. Okay, um, Texas and Texas A&M and Arkansas are playing at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Mm. You can watch it on SEC Network and Texas A&M coming in as six and a half point favorites. I think and that's about fair, yeah. It's about fair, yeah, I agree. That, yeah, that Jay's, uh, Jay's prediction was a little bold. That's a lot of points. Yeah, especially, that's again, a lot of points. I like what I saw from Max Johnson, but it's still a backup quarterback. That's then, true, so. that's true. Um, our second match top matchup of the week is number three texas hosting number 24 kansas it's so weird to say that they're ranked that's so strange this saturday september 30th at 2 30 p.m you can watch it on abc texas coming in as 16 and a half point favorites the over under is set at 62 so i'll say this people are gonna make the texas lost kansas joke Uh texas lost a bad kansas let me get that clear texas is Look pretty okay against good Kansas. Let me let me the two times that Texas lost to Kansas, it's been the embarrassing Kansas. Right. Lance Leipold has his team around. I they're not the Kansas that can walk in that can just like be slept on and walked over. They're actually they have to worry about them now. And yeah. I, I. 
think they handle business. I really do. Like, I do think Jalen Daniels is playing great right now. Kansas looks incredible. I, I thought last year Lance Leipold wouldn't be there for a while. I think he might be. Um, he has that program completely turned around. But that, to me, that leans credence to why Texas will be better against them because they know, okay, this is the ranked team. Mm-hmm. Like, we know exactly what – the offense is crazy, but they prepared for a well last year. Uh, I believe that was Jalen Daniels' first game back after injury, or he got hurt in that game. I, I thought there was some injury issues with him last he was, year. He was back, but he was not Jalen Daniels. Right, right. He was not. Game. So, like, there is something to worry about there, sure. The dude had his highlights on an Apple Watch. Right, right. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Big Twelve Media Day. No, this is not your average Kansas team. The he quarterback rocks. is awesome. He rocks. Jalen Daniels rocks. But again, that's why I lead credence to. I think that's why Texas takes care of business. Is because this isn't a team that's like. The times that Texas lost to Kansas were the sky was falling. Okay, thank God here's Kansas. Let's just beat them and get out. And then they weren't prepared and they got beaten. Mm-hmm. There's no like all that's out the window. Texas, the sky isn't falling for Texas. There's hype there. There's legitimate belief there. And you look at, you see a 24 next to Kansas. You're like, oh, this team's good now. Yeah. I just think it's so interesting in this game how, like, two years ago when Texas lost to Kansas, that was, like, the point in this program of something actually has to change. Sure. And it was Sark's first year, and it was actually rock bottom, the two-point conversion. Yep. And there's a lot of guys on this roster who were on that team Mm. and who did go five and seven. And that's part of the reason I wrote the column about, like, why you should believe in this Texas team is because they have gone through that tough experience. And when, like, Christian Jones, the offensive tackle, was talking about it, like, he's getting DMs on Twitter, and he's, like, wondering if he's even, like, the guy anymore at tackle – and it was a real come-to-Jesus moment for these Texas Longhorns. This Texas team, I don't know if I'm going to say they cover because 16 and a half is a lot. That's, that's a lot. And Jalen Daniels kind of scares me. Yeah. But they're going to win this game. I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, I'm very fascinated by this game because Kansas is uh, – this is, to me, obviously, Bama is obviously great. Is was obviously the first real test for Texas. But now that we're entering conference play – it's kind of like we kind of look at the schedule until Oklahoma and we're kind of like, okay, Texas should take care of business, right? Like mm-hmm. theoretically in your mind, you look at the schedule and you're like, on paper, they should take care of business. And Kansas like, is sneaky the third best team in the Big I was about to right say, now. like right say, now. Are there only three ranked teams? Three ranked teams. Yes, three ranked Texas teams Oklahoma and probably. Kansas? Yeah. And oh. I haven't seen enough from Kansas State. They lost to Missouri, which Missouri yeah. looks pretty okay right now. So yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to throw that against them. Um, Kansas State and TCU are kind of like those like sleeper potential right. contenders. So this is to me the first test in Big Twelve terms of if Texas rolls Kansas, then I'm like, oh okay. Like this, they're people are going to struggle in this conference to slow this team down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not side eyeing Texas if this is close because I think Kansas is that good, but I'm more looking for like if Texas is what we think they could be and this offense whether it's stop and start or whatever um i don't i don't have issues with that i think some people i think that's getting a little too overblown where everybody's like is quinn's arm consistent or what i think it's been fine i think the jonathan brooks has been really really effective in the run game cj baxter as a backup is insane like i think they have depth everywhere um if they can slow down Jalen Daniels on offense, this defense will hit another level for me. The thing to watch for is, like, Texas' defensive line. I saw C.J. Vogel on Twitter. He's a great follow. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of Texas uh, stuff. Yep. But he said Kansas running back Devin Neal is averaging 4.22 yards per attempt, one touchdown Ooh. between the tackles, Ooh. okay? 9.33 yards per, per per attempt, four touchdowns off the ends mm-hmm. on this one. So mm-hmm. this is where the outside linebackers, like sure. – 
are going to really come into play for Texas here, and those run fits have to be on point because if you let Devin Neal bounce to the outside, he's going to hurt you. It's going to be another good breakout Anthony Hill game, potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just him scanning the middle of that field. So we'll see. Uh, what is next, Mallory? Our last top matchup of the week, Texas Tech hosting Houston this Saturday <laughs> at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on FS2. Texas Tech coming in as eight-point favorites. The over-under set at 51. This one is intriguing. Anxiety Bowl, but not for the reasons why I think the term was made up. Because the term was originally made by Stephen Godfrey when there's coaches on the hot seat and you got to figure out Joey McGuire is not on the hot seat. What I mean by that is we're about to figure out which one of these teams is just we don't have to worry about the rest of the year, in my opinion. Loser leaves town game. I was about right, to say, like, right. again, Joey's not, Joey McGuire is fine. He's not getting fired. But as far as tech being considered a dark horse, I'm already wavering off of that. I think everybody, a lot of people are. If they lose this game, oh, okay, yeah, we just we can just put them over. It's a rebuild year, yeah. right? It's you just kind of look for 2024. If Houston loses this game, all right, yeah, we can just put them over here, right? Like, uh, just kind of slide them over here, and they're prob- it's probably a punt year for their first year in the Big 12. I don't know where I'm leaning. <laughs> I really yeah, don't know where I'm leaning either. on this. Um, I want to s- the problem with me is that Tech's offense has just not looked good. The problem is the offensive line. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Texas Tech and Houston are tied at 112th in the nation in sacks allowed. Oh so goodness. both quarterbacks duck and cover yeah. in this game. Well, here's the problem. Tech's guy that was able to do that last year plays for Houston. Now. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now. That's right. And so, yeah. uh, look, Tyler Shuck. Donovan Smith revenge game. I was about to, <laughs> listen, there's, there is that factor because he was like, oh, I'm not in the room anymore. All right, cool. I'm going to Houston. Um, he played great last week against Sam Houston, a good Sam Houston defense. Um, I think that was, that was the type of confidence game that made me not completely shut the door on Houston this year. Because, again, Sam, they have better players than Sam Houston. That's not what I'm saying. Sam Houston's defense is legitimately in the top half of the country, and the fact that Houston was able to go through and dominate on offense through the air on the ground, like consistently, makes me think that there is a level to this offense that we haven't seen yet. Donovan Smith is like the just when I'm out, he pulls me right, right back in, no, 100%, guy. Hundred percent. Like again, he didn't play well against uh, Rice until late. He didn't play well against UTSA. He didn't play well against TCU. So you're like. Uh, what's you know you kind of had those stop and starts and then he just completely is, has his best game probably of his college career like top to bottom against Sam Houston against last a good week. defense against too. a really good defense so Tech's defense here's the thing about Tech's defense they can't stop a running quarterback no they can't stop the a running la- back <laughs> three of the four games they've played the top rusher has been the quarterback that's a good and Donovan Smith is like not the most mobile guy, but he can put the he can, can tuck the ball yeah. and run. I was about to say if it's third and seven, they clear the field. He can get that seven. So um, yeah, I'm and worried. Texas Tech's defense has uh, practice trying to not tackle him in practice. So <laughs> yes, that's hope. good. Hope. Yeah. Um, so let's. I do want to hit on the offense one more time with, with Texas Tech. You mentioned the offensive line. Even with that being said. I still think there's been a big be, – Tyler Shuck's out, so now the running game takes a hit as well. Because as much as we complained about him being involved a little probably too much in the run game, he was involved in the run game. Mm-hmm. And Taj Brooks had a great game last week um, against West Virginia. I know the weather wasn't great, and, of course, they had to uh, play him a lot with Tyler Shuck out. But Baron Morton's not a dual th- – he can move, but he's not a dual threat guy. He's not somebody you're going to run power with. He's not somebody that's going to uh, be that much of a running threat. 
And then the play calling on offense just hasn't looked that inventive. It's not what I expected from a Zach Kitley offense going back to his days at Western Kentucky or Houston Christian. Is that a I don't have Bailey Zappi type thing, or is that just – I don't know. It's not the offense that I thought I'd be watching. And sure, offensive line pays a part in that, but we saw last year they were able to do some interesting things with an offensive line that wasn't very good. So I'm actually going to lean Houston on this one. The thing that stuck out to me, and Joey McGuire said this in his Tuesday presser, I think, but basically said they had first and 10 from the 11-yard line with two minutes left, two timeouts, mm-hmm. and they – they should have ran the ball once or twice in that situation, he said. Mm. He's like, they passed it twice in that situation. And he says there are times where he will jump in and kind of say who they should get the ball to. So it's mm. one of those deals where we were wondering, okay, is this not all Zach Kitley? Does Joey McGuire have a bigger imprint on the offense? Sure. And I'm not saying, like, look, Joey McGuire's hawking right. in and, like, actually saying what the play calls. But, like, I think it is a little bit more collaborative sure, than we so. originally thought. Yeah, I think that's I think that's safe to put because again, you can just look at the numbers. My biggest is a difference. My biggest concern with Texas Tech is they're one in six on the road yeah. under Joe McGuire. Like yep. I don't know what that is. If that's a mentality issue, if that's like a not handling business issue, but here there are road games remaining. Uh, Baylor and McLean Stadium, which is an unstoppable force, meets an immovable object. Somebody's, somebody's <laughs> got to win that game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, BYU, they're, they're straight up going to lose that game. If they yeah. right now, right now, Texas Tech will lose in Provo. Right, like no way they can handle that. What time's that game? Is there a time yet for that one? I don't know if there's okay. a time. Nighttime in Provo gets a little hostile. And yeah. then Kansas and Texas are there other road games? Oh my god! So three of those four games, I'm like. Yeah, if you're a bad team on the road, you're not winning that game. And and McGuire, he's talked about that too. Like he knows, like it's not just a uh, whatever. He's like, we got to figure out how to win road games, like r- straight up. Um, that's the, honestly the best thing I could say about Tech in this game is that it's at home, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and that might be the reason they pull it out because they're fantastic at home. Um, but I'm actually lean- just based on how I feel about both teams right now. I think I'm leaning Houston. So I think Ooh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm still leaning Tech. I'm leaning Tech. Yeah. I, I, okay, okay. I'll, I'll be on my Houston. Houston Island. looks all nice. You watch him versus Sam Houston. I know, they right? Pull I'm, you back in. Yeah, you gotta remember that's I'm, Sam Houston. I know, like. I know. I'm skewed because I do like that Sam Houston defense yeah. a lot. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. What's next, Mallory? We're going to our wide zone. Yep, moving into the wide. We gotta rename zone. this. The wide zone's not really that great, right? <laughs> With yeah. Baylor, <laughs> it's <laughs> based it's off the a, offense of Baylor. We got to rename not. the segment. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. We'll uh, we'll think on that this week. First game up in the wide zone: Sam Houston, Houston hosting Jacksonville State this Thursday tomorrow Yaha. night, September twenty eighth at seven p.m. You can watch it on ESPNU. Jacksonville State coming in as six and a half point favorites. The over under is a whopping thirty six and a half. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I mean, that's Low fair. Scoring. Look. Sam Houston's offense is not good. Yeah. Um, they started Grant Gannell last week for the first time. Which Carter and I called that. Do you remember that on the on the preview episode last uh-huh. week? We uh-huh. called that. Yeah. We were like, I think maybe this could be the game we see Grant Gannell. Yeah. So. I l- look, good call. Like, yeah. Th- because the quarterback has Because why not? Well, yeah. The, <laughs> here's the thing. The quarterback has not been – similar to Texas Tech uh, – or who, was, who were we just talking about? Um, Baylor. Hugh, Baylor. Houston. Baylor, yes. Oh, Baylor. Blake oh, 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 yeah. We just named every team. We just talked about <laughs> <laughs> Baylor with Blake Shapin, uh or Sawyer Robertson. It has not been the issue, right? Quarterback has not been the issue for Sam Houston. Um, but what's the biggest thing you could do just to change something up on offense? You got to change the quarterback, quarterback yeah. right? Again, Keegan Shoemaker is not uh, – he hasn't proven to be a game-breaker necessarily, but he hasn't been the one to lose them these games. They can't move the ball at all. They might be 
I'm going to have to double check. They may be like a bottom. I think they might be the last place rushing team in the country, right? Yeah. Um, they might be the last place passing team, but they can't. Again, their offensive the offensive line is not. last place scoring team, too. They're, 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 <laughs> look, they didn't score a the touchdown. The numbers are bad. They didn't <laughs> score a touchdown to last week, guys, okay? The first touchdown in FBS was last week. Um, <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is it wasn't necessarily the quarterback position's fault, but that's the thing you can change, right? You can, you can throw five running backs out there, and it's not going to really change. You can change the quarterback. If something clicks, boom, all of a sudden the offense figures out something else. What I'm trying to say is now that Sam Houston is fun, they've had an awfully brutal schedule. Yeah. A brutal Craven talked about schedule. that too in his yeah. piece this week, which I'd encourage everyone to go read about yes. Sam Houston's transition from the FBS to the FBS. They're finally playing somebody of their, of their level. Uh, yes. But basically, like since it happened so late, that's why they had to schedule all those really hard teams, yes. like the BYU, the Air Force, and stuff like that. Like they didn't have like this where oh we can pick and choose like some ramp up games. Sure. It was like hey welcome to the FBS. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here's two Big two Twelve power teams. Five teams. Yeah, two two Big Twelve Power Five teams, and here's probably the In best a service academy Air right Force now. Ca- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Team, like <laughs> so again. This defense, I'm really excited to see this defense against a Jacksonville State team. That's good, right? Mm-hmm. They beat UTEP week one. Um, but it's of the caliber of Sam Houston. And now, after getting body bagged for three weeks, right? And I say body bagged, they didn't lose, they didn't get blown out, but that offense really struggled and that defense played its butt off so much. But it's still hard games 14 0, 13 3. And then, of course, they lose 38 to 7 last week. You finally get a team that you line up against, like, oh, we're the same size as these guys, <laughs> right? A lot of these guys are the same speed as us. This is, this is what we need to do now. Conference USA going forward. We'll see. Liberty looks fantastic, but like everybody else looks within reach of them. So now Sam Houston can start gauging its season. So my one worry with the defense being so good is like if the offense just can't figure it out, sure. at what point does the defense give up? No, I, listen, that's a morale issue. I think that a lot of teams like that face where because you're just like well, the can't, offense also can't stay on the field. It's like right, they're getting tired by like get fourth tired quarter. Out, but yeah. you're right, right. Because I didn't. I mean, I didn't watch the Houston versus Sam Houston game enough to know if the defense gave up and gave up 13 points, at 38 points, and that's right. why. No, no, I will say so. So Houston was pretty consistently driving the ball i think that was just a, t- a more talented team uh okay. they ran into so i don't think it was necessarily that the the other scores though were definitely like they can only do so much for so long mm-hmm. um so yeah i think i think sam houston had 25 carry for like 60 yards against houston so they just need to stay on the field um i think we'll see grant Gannell again because mm-hmm. again it's not his fault that he only had 100 yards passing against houston <laughs> um but yeah we'll see um i am interested in this one though it should be a really cool time in, in huntsville uh, if you're around the area again should be a really cool moment go to bauer stadium and check out so and craven and Jaron will be yes there. exactly all right sticking in conference usa utep hosting louisiana tech this friday september 29th at 8 p.m you can watch it on cbs sn utep Coming in as one point favorites. This the over-under set at 53. Yeah, this I. This is very interesting. I was about to say, I don't know how I feel because, as if you listen to the show, you know we're like, we've become experts on LaTeX because they've played everybody <laughs> apparently <laughs> in the state already. Um, I still don't know. I, I, I th- This is a game UTEP sh- could win. I'm not saying there's, they should win or whatever. This is a, I think this is a very even matchup. I think Parker, uh, Stats of War on Twitter, he puts out his advanced graphics, advanced stats graphics, has it as basically a 50-50. Like, I think it's 50.09 to 49.91, <laughs> uh, in fi- slightly in favor of LaTeX. Um, I think I have seen more positive-ish things in the games of, for LaTeX, but... I think for me, UTEP, it's about getting healthy because Deion Hankins didn't play last week. Mm-hmm. He was finally starting to turn it around. 
of course, we can have the Gavin, Hars- Gavin Hardison discussion until we all are red in the face. Um, but I think it's about – I'm curious how healthy they're going to be because they had – I think Tyron Smith also missed last week. So was that just them – resting in the last non-conference game before or is that something to worry about because if those guys aren't healthy then yeah latex winning um but if they are tyron smith could be the best player on the field Deion hankins could be the best player on the field and they could win but like if those guys have a chance to play i feel like they have to play no they're uh, like, that's that's my thing i think they're yeah, gonna this play, is conference my, play now. yeah my like, thing is yeah. are they are they are they 70 like, percent right i know we're like still early in conference play but utep has played five games while everyone else has played four and this is like this is kind of a loser leaves town game good point. honestly good point mm-hmm. yeah no because like utep we talked about this all offseason with utep you know they got left out of the realignment right they're they're left in the in conference usa because they're kind of in that weird geographical area of like do you consider them part of the texas market do you not mm-hmm. um but regardless what we all saw was well, they should theoretically hope to be one of the contenders in the in Conference USA, uh, which is maybe which was maybe something they couldn't be under the certain under the previous Conference USA. Um, you know, we saw them get blown out by UTSA and UNT, and it was like, okay, there seemed to be a, like a, a feat too far for them at times. They should be very much in the thick of this race. We'll see, because um, like you mentioned, with uh, I mentioned with injuries, and then you mentioned with them playing an extra week uh, above ma- a lot of other people in the country. Does that wear on them now, or is that a November issue, mm-hmm. right? Because, um, yeah, it's, it's starting to look that's wearing on them now. <laughs> When's their bye week? Uh, their bye week is next week. Okay. So they need that. They need, they need that. that, yeah. They'll yeah. play uh, FIU. They go to FIU on October 11th. Um, but, yeah, their bye week will be next week. Yeah, so. this is a can't-lose game for me, honestly, for that's UTEP. Fair. No, it's fair. Like, again, this is, this is where you prove that you are – you should be one of the – considered one of the – contenders in the, in the conference usa this is a level playing field now mm-hmm. so yeah i agree all right let's move on to the big 12 baylor playing at ucf this mm. saturday at 2 30 p.m you can watch it on fs1 ucf coming in as 11 and a half point favorites the over under 55 all right so <sighs> ucf it's baylor's first is the first ch- uh shot at one of the new teams in the big 12 it's their first shot at one of the new teams. It's also their first away game. That's right. That is interesting. They've yeah, gone yeah. one and three at home. That's a good – that's an interesting Dang. point. So, for me, this is why this could potentially get ugly. I don't necessarily think that UCF's been a juggernaut. I think they've looked pretty good. Um, when Baylor when, – when the new Big 12 was kind of finalized, you looked at Baylor, you looked at Tech, you looked at TCU and said, you guys should run this conference. You guys mm-hmm. should theoretically mm-hmm. run this conference. If UCF comes out and blows out Baylor in year one, <laughs> what's that say? Of, like, there's already a reckoning coming in Waco, whatever that means for this staff, I think, of based on the trajectory. Does that ha- – it starts to become like a when, not if, right, at that point. Because this is a team that's just walking in saying, cool – we're going to take this. <laughs> we're going to take your status as a contender, and we're going to relegate you to the probably the lower tier of the Big 12 right now for this year at least. Um, to me, this is a very big tell game of how much this team still kind of has in terms of fight. Because like right now, looking like you can kind of mush them. Mm-hmm. Texas just mushed them. I, don't think, mm-hmm. I haven't seen Texas mush Baylor like that probably since like the Mac Brown era. <laughs> it was wild. This entire season has just been mush. That's so a good far. point. That's a good point. 
at Baylor's press conferences, like I was listening in, they're very them, somber. They're, they're getting sad. <laughs> they're getting really, really like, somber. Let me here's some of the some of the questions I pulled out. Dave, are you evaluating yourself as a staff when you watch film? Oh, Dave, Ooh. has there been some true serum distributed to the staff, and do they understand the consequences? Dave, despite whoever you are as a person, when you look at yourself in the mirror as a head coach, what has gone wrong? We Whoa. are five weeks I, in. I also want to remind people: this is in Waco. This is not in. New York. <laughs> this is not in Tuscaloosa, right? This is not in Los. This is Waco. Like, this isn't the most hostile environment. Like, the Waco Tribune no. does great work, right? But they're not the most hostile environment that you're like, oh, he's in the pressure cooker now. Like, no, it's like you're talking to the same guys every day, and even they're like, hey, man, we see the writing on the wall, <laughs> and it's not looking good. I think we learned everything about Baylor when they beat Long Island thirty to seven, and no one was happy. <laughs> No one had a good time watching that game. Everyone was like, did anybody have fun watching that? No. Like, it was mm – -hmm. it. yeah. Last week, I think – I think we had an idea last week could happen, but actually seeing how, like, they just had no shot was pretty demoralizing. So I yeah. think I learned what I needed to know about Baylor when they basically could get in the red zone if Texas muffed a punt and then <laughs> a good would go minus two yards and kick a field goal to cut the deficit to 28 to six. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, okay, yeah. what are we doing here? Doing? Right. Uh, something to watch out for is UCF is third in the nation with 260 rushing yards per game and Baylor is 104th in the nation in rush defense. <gasps> nice. Is, uh, oh geez. Is John Reese Plumley healthy? Cause I know he was, he's not healthy. He might play. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. McLean's looked pretty good in his start. So, like, Gus Malzahn's kept that offense kind of clicking. Uh, what's his name? Timmy McLean. Uh, he's put up decent numbers, so it might not matter. Um, so, yeah, that'll be that'll be one to watch. I will be interested in that one. So, what's next, Mallory? All right, moving on to the American. Rice hosting East Carolina this Saturday Ooh. at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Rice coming in as three-point favorites. The over-under set at very fascinated by this one because uh, statistically, I just found out that – I mean, I didn't just find out, but I finally got confirmation that Rice's defense stinks this year. <laughs> really bad. The numbers are in. The numbers are in. And, <laughs> the, like, and they're stinky. Right. It's just now getting to the point in the season where you can look at the numbers and be like, okay, yeah, this makes sense, and, you know, it, it have enough data behind it. Obviously, they gave up a big lead to Houston, and, that, you know, that, that kind of worked. And you played Texas, and, okay, sure, that's going to skew the numbers. Even then, like, when Rice, the past couple years, I think it's the biggest monkey paw scenario that Rice finally has a quarterback. They finally have an offense that looks pretty good. And then the other side of the ball falls off the cliff because they've always been respectable on defense. Mm -hmm. They haven't been dominating, but they've always been respectable. And it was always like they literally just need that quarterback. And then they can balance it all out, right? That defense might be bottom ten in the country right now. Yeah, it was kind of um, like what we were worried about with Texas A&M a bit. Like they fix the offense and the defense falls off. It's like right. we could just figure these out simultaneously. Right. Rice and Texas A&M. Yes, J who's stopping us? I was about to say yes, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> that's a good point. I will say JT Daniels transfers to Texas A&M. <laughs> that's what we're saying, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, did I just kick off the? Oh, look at that! All right, so wow. if anybody's watching live. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, so uh, hates our logo. live production here. That's what happens. I think there's a wire down here. I would, I would, oh, there I is. would. I would. Hold on one second. I'd press the power button to put it back up, but I feel like I just end the stream if I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how that works. But I, think I, I just plugged I it back in. So we'll see it. in like ten seconds if it comes back on. No. Uh, regardless, what I was saying is, <laughs> ECU is like a respectable program right now. Uh, I know they're one and three. They're not 
they haven't started off the year right, but Mike Houston actually has turned that program kind of around. They used to be kind of a after the Ruffin McNeil era, they were kind of a pushover. Um, and then Mike Houston was brought in from ja- uh, James Madison, and again they've had a kind of a tough start to the ske- to the season. They played Michigan, they played uh, Appala- at Appalachian State and Marshall, which all of a sudden Marshall Dang, looks pretty yeah. good right now. Uh, I think Marshall just beat Va Tech last week, so. Mm-hmm. This is a decent test for Rice. Um, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean Rice in this one, um, mainly because I think I've seen more that I love about this Rice team potentially than with ECU so far. Okay, if we're saying the Rice defense stinks, though, then what we're really saying about the difference in this Rice team is actually JT Daniels because sure. Rice is 124. Oh, look at that. You want the Roku one? I got the Roku one. Anyway, sorry, keep talking. <laughs> Because yes. Rice this is going to be great for the audio, by the way. Rice is 124th in the nation yeah. with 82 rushing yards a game uh, right now. They had seven care. No, no, sorry. They had 13 carries for seven yards against USF. No, it was bad. Yeah. So, like, what about this Rice team is good then? It's the passing game. If that the is, defense is, is bad, if the rushing game's bad, then it's it's just the JT Daniels factor. Which, again, I think it's, it's very ironic because last year they could run the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. They just kept turning the ball over when they put right. the ball in the air. So, yeah, I think it's it's a huge monkey paw where it's like, you want a quarterback? Cool. Everything else stinks now. Um, you want a quarterback, but at what cost? Right, exactly. Yes, literally. Um, I think that's also, I will say, it's a credit to Bloomgren for kind of reinventing the offense because we know where he came from, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He's a Stanford man. Uh, he would love to, quote, unquote, establish the run. Yeah. But he realizes, hey, look, that's probably not working this year. I'm going to throw 400 yards with J.C. Daniels. Yeah. So, and lose uh, by 20. And lose by 20. Listen, <laughs> and, and still <laughs> lose by 20. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what happened. Regardless, I'm going to go with Rice in this one. They're at home. I, th- I still think the vibes are still pretty positive yeah, in I Houston. Um, well, okay, also, so what, is, uh, what is J.T. Daniels' like health report? Because he got hurt That's last a good week. point. He, they basically said like he could have gone in, hypothetically, okay. but but A.J. Padgett, the guy, did fine. Yeah. So they were just like, right. we're not going to okay. risk it. Yeah. Okay. And then I think he didn't practice Monday or Tuesday, but like at what point – I mean, does J.T. Daniels really like – is practice make or break for him? Yeah. Right Our guys now. at the Roost said he is preparing to start oh, this weekend. Okay. So the thing about East Carolina though is they're like mm-hmm. actually the most chaotic team in the country. Mm-hmm. They are 127th in the nation with 37 penalties in four games, <laughs> and they've also forced eight turnovers in four games. So it's yeah. like they've also played a tough. Season. It's like we're gonna make like, things f- hell for you. Yeah, yeah. and also right. we're not gonna be able to do anything right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. We're yeah. going to muck it up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let me check out Mike. I do want to check out Mike Houston's record because I know we have the national title at James Madison. Uh, four and eight, three and six, seven and five, eight and five last year, and now one and three starts. So, nice. again, he's done a solid job with ECU. And they got a big QB who can run the ball, and Bryce got torched by USF's QB running the ball last good week. Good point on that. Really good point on that. All right, Mallory, what's next? All right. North Texas hosting Abilene Christian this Saturday at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. All right. So call. before call. before I let Mallory Happy take Happy call. <laughs> I was about to say. Hopefully. Before, I was about to say, before <laughs> I let Mallory uh, uh, take this one, yeah. I'm actually very optimistic about this game because as much as when a joke is like, oh, AC, can ACU go into there? and w-? They're not going to win. No. I, they're, they're not, not going to win. win. So I am genuinely excited to see this offense again. Defense, we'll see. They made some adjustments against mm-hmm. uh, LaTeX. Uh, they went to a four-man front, and that proved yeah. to be enough. <laughs> um, so, saw, yeah. yeah, Mallory, what are you, are you – uh, I think, again, it may not be rose-colored glasses or whatever, but I think I am more optimistic about this team now. I uh, am too, and I'm really optimistic now about Eric Morris too, that mm-hmm. he can make those 
make those adjustments and realize what's not working, even sure. though what he wants to do might not necessarily be working so he can make those adjustments. Um, I think we're going to see Chandler Rogers again. The depth chart came out and Chandler Rogers was highlighted there. There's so no or there anymore. There's no, there's no or. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a go for Chandler Rogers, but this is Stone Earl's former team. So I don't, maybe we'll see Let him get some licks in. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we'll see a little bit if we're up, uh, you know, 21. Yeah. Or, you know, 28 or so, maybe we'll see a little bit of Stone Earl, but I'm feeling pretty optimistic about this game if I'm a, if I'm a mean green fan. I think that, they should roll them pretty easily. Yeah. I think I, I'm, I'm feeling the same because even if they would have lost to LaTeX, yeah. right, I think every year – I mentioned this to Craven on the recap show. Every year you have this uh, – I think it was in 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. uh, UTSA hosted UIW after UIW made the playoffs under Eric Morris. Everybody was like, ooh, can UIW beat UTSA? And UTSA beat them by like 30. Yeah. Uh, last week, uh, that's what it kind of reminded me of the Houston versus Sam Houston game. He was like, ooh, can Sam Houston get the – and Houston just rolled. Right. And it, UTEP, uh, I, uh, UIW earlier yeah, this exactly. year too. Like you, just see, the same uh, you just see teams that, uh, that have guys – Versus a team that just doesn't have the same guys. Right. And sure, I've my alma mater has been a victim of <laughs> the upset the other way of that. So, like, it can't happen. But UNT has recruited better than those Texas State teams did that lost to mm-hmm. UIW. Just lining up the trenches. Yeah. Figuring, like, they'll be fine. Play a clean game. Th- play a clean game. I think this is a, a great opportunity to get all the good mojo back. I think so, For too. UNT. Right. I don't know if it'll be to where people were hoping for at before week one. But I think that now going into conference play after this week, I think this is something going forward. They can be like, cool, took care of business, offense is rolling, defense, maybe be able to have its best game against a, a, a lesser opponent. We'll mm-hmm. see. Because then you play ACU, okay, you beat them. Then it's Navy next week, who Craziness. not like a high-powered Not offense. a crazy Navy team, yeah. Not a crazy Navy team. So then, I mean, not to look too far in the future, but like hypothetically, take care of business, three and two, okay, going to the Temple game. Look, see, it's it's that the what Mallory mentioned it, Eric Morris being willing to adjust. Yes. Is that was huge. huge. It might it might have saved their season legitimately. Absolutely. Because now I'm not saying they're gonna be a top defense now, but now you can patch something together. And if they can be just below average as opposed to awful, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that could be enough for this offense to make up for it. That's also so awesome to see too, because so many coaches are so hard headed and like sure. my Stuck way. In their ways, my you know? way is the best way. Right. Sure. So the fact that he pivoted that quickly is pretty pretty crucial. That's I would say that's pretty for promising. The future too. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Mallory, what's next? All right, the Fighting Schmales. <laughs> Texas State playing at Southern Miss this Saturday at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. The Fighting Schmales <laughs> coming in on five-and-a-half-point five favorites. The over-under <sighs> set at 62. <laughs> All right, how many more captains are the Fighting Schmales going to get injured oh this God. year? <laughs> I don't yeah, that's a good point, yeah, because uh, Nash Jones Tory is Spears, out. Nash, Tory Spears is out. Nash Jones. Uh, Jordan Revels. Oh, God, Jordan Revels is a captain. Jeez. Jeez. All right, I'm not going to name any more captains because I don't need anything to happen to them. Um, it's like, oh, you're an honorary captain for this game. Uh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Start pulling people from the stands. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else do it. Uh, no, I am very optimistic for this because will uh, you will you be an honorary captain? <laughs> will you step up and I'm be an like honorary captain <laughs> when, <laughs> I, when, when I, I when I be walk the on the field? Second best Ishmael on the team. <laughs> I, I was about to say yes. I'm very after, especially now after last week. Uh, Ishmael Mahdi ran for over 200 yards. I'm very much uh, okay being the second best. Um, I'm very optimistic about this game. Um, after the in the fashion they won last week, coming down from seventeen nothing to end up blowing out uh, Nevada. This US this this USM Southern Miss, they're not that great right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if this was a year ago, I'd feel very, I still feel very worried about like how low can the season go. Now, again, conference is conference, and we'll see exactly how this team takes care of business in conference, but all the signs point to me being optimistic. Um, I'll just go ahead and tease. I have a piece on TJ Finley coming out. He's playing fantastic right now. Uh, defense could be a little better. Uh, that's what's worth that. What, if I had a worry, that's still my worry is that consi- that Baylor, that to me sp- says more about what Baylor was on offense as mm-hmm. opposed to that defense being re- uh, being good. Uh, now that we have more games under under their belt, um, and to watch out for, especially with that defense, yeah. is that like Southern Miss has Frank Gore Jr. That's a good point. at running oh, back. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, the backup has averaged seven seven yards a carry. I was about to say, Rodriguez Clark is averaging seven yards a carry. So again. Nevada was able to move. There's a reason why they got that 17 nothing lead. Uh, they were able to move the ball. Jackson State was able to move the ball a little bit. Like, until Texas State blew them out later, they were able to kind of, like, trade drives. So, defensively, they have some things to figure out. I still feel confident in them, though. That offense is clicking. Uh, they have, like, five running backs. It's crazy to, to see. Uh, Finley's clicking. Of course, Malik Hornsby. They've had some packages for him. So, um, I'm very, very confident heading into this one. I'm confident in Texas State, too, because they're kind of battle-tested. Sure. Already through non-conference play. I mean, they yeah. played a Power 5 team, got punched in the mouth by UTSA, mm-hmm. rebounded and blew out Jackson State, and then they had to have a come-from-behind game against Nevada. So they played, like, every type of game sure. already. And that's, like, especially with a new coach, yeah. now they all know his temperament for all every situation. <laughs> that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, no one's doing it like Kenny, making sure he has every type of game <laughs> in the non-conference. So Very they know true. what to expect. Oh, that's, a great, that's a great point. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's actually a good point about the the different scenarios. So, hmm. didn't think about that. All right. Let's keep it rolling with SMU hosting Charlotte this Saturday at 6.30 p.m. You can watch it on ESPNU. SMU coming in as 23.5 point favorites. The over-under set at 52. All right. SMU, I know last week hurt. I know last week hurt. That that was an ego shot. They really thought they'd be having a better chance at that game. Uh, I think TCU – I don't even think TCU looks spectacular, and I think that's why it's more demoralizing mm-hmm. is because they just handled business against yeah. SMU, and it was like, oh, man. We thought SMU would maybe have a New Year's Six shot. I still think they're a contender in the AAC, especially with UTSA, kind of, you know, whatever they are with Frank Harris's status. So there's still everything to play for. They should flex in this game. Charlotte's not good. <laughs> I know they're under a rebuild under Biff Pogey, um, but they just have not been that great their defense of course they played some good offenses maryland uh florida's not that great of an offense but like they they've held their they held their own against florida as this should be where sme gets back to basics of okay hey maybe we're not a new year six bowl team um unbeaten run type of thing but or not unbeaten but like one loss type of team but we still should be considered with Tulane probably as like the top team in this conference so mm-hmm. i think this is a chance to just steamroll Charlotte. Yeah, and I think it still could be a very successful season, even if they don't reach like the New Year's Six bowl level type hype, because they had so many transfers too. Like sure. that was my biggest worry with SMU: were they going to gel? Yep. You know, um, with so many new faces, and I feel like the offense hasn't gelled as much as we thought it would. I mm-hmm. when I listened to y'all's Sunday episode, like Craven made a good point about like the Preston Stone passing game has not looked like as electric as we thought it was. Sure. I think it still can. Yeah. I think Preston Stone's really talented. They just haven't figured it out exactly yet. Mm-hmm. This is where they start to figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This ramp up, Sonny Dykes mentioned it, like they're going to be favored in their next eight games. Mm-hmm. Like Charlotte, ECU, Temple, Tulsa, like go 4-0 mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. next four games. Now, if this game's a struggle, 
on the flip side, we'll see. We'll I'll, see. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at the panic button a little bit. Yeah. I'll see. I think the difference, and th- I think this goes into why maybe Preston Stone hasn't been as electric as we thought. When you lose a Rasheed Rice, right, that game-breaking wide receiver. I think their wide receiver room is good. I think they're still waiting for that alpha to kind of emerge. And there's so much that can just open up when you have that premier wide. They've always had that from James Prochet to Rasheed Rice. I'm um, forgetting the guy before him. But, like, there's always been that game-breaking, play-stretching wide receiver. And uh, it does not it, it does not shock me. It worries me a little bit that maybe we haven't seen that that far. Maybe this is just a year where they have a bunch of good players and mm-hmm. not necessarily that next-level NFL caliber type of guy. Um, I maybe thought that'd be like a Roderick Daniels maybe coming into his own, uh, maybe a Jake Bailey. But, again, maybe that just be, maybe that, maybe they're just all, like, really good receivers. As they're all to. really good, but none of them are the game-breaker. Sure, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, 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 was, I guess I'm hoping that maybe that turns into – he's not a receiver, but, like, an R.J. Maryland right at tight end because yep. I do think he has the potential to be that. Um, but, again, if that's where the offense is this year, that's where the offense is this year. And I still think this is a good enough offense to get it done, with, especially with the running game um, being the way it is. All right, let's close it out with TCU hosting West Virginia this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. That's out of order. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> Maybe I meant to put 6.30. I don't Is remember. No, I think it's 2.30. Yeah. Wait. No, wait, it's 7. seven? It's 7. Okay. It is 7. 7 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN 2. TCU coming in as 12-point favorites. The over-under set at 50 and a half. Yeah. Um, West Virginia's 3-1. and one. Anybody realize this? <laughs> Are they really? Yeah, they're three and one. Okay, but who they played? I know, but d- I mean, they beat Tech last week. Uh, they're yeah, only lost. They're only lost to Penn State. They beat Pitt. Who Pitts? I mean, they, they look Pitt's fine. okay. They, they look fine. Uh, then they beat Duquesne, um, which of course. Uh, by, How bad uh, did they lose to Penn State? Thirty-eight, uh, fifteen. Pretty handedly. Yeah. At least they were able to put up points. Though. I was about to say Penn, Penn State's a top State. five, top. They, what they're seventh right now. Um, I don't know. I just looked at their record and I was like, they're three and one. That's <laughs> uh, a little bit of paper tiger. Not yeah. bad. Not yeah. True. True. Um, it was like it also, was like uh, it was like Auburn's three and zero last week. It's like yeah, uh, that's, 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 that's actually that's not a, really that's a great comparison. Yeah, I that's saw that's right easy. through that. Yeah, yeah we um, did. <laughs> I will say so. They are. They only played one away game as well, and that was Penn State. Okay. So Morgantown is a tough place to play. It is. Um, even before Tyler Shaw got hurt, they Tech was really struggling in Morgantown. So and they always struggle on the road, but. Meaning, TCU should roll. I think uh, as close to, as close to rolling as you can be in the Big Twelve. Right. Um, I think that whether or not <laughs> whether or not I think Baylor is the bottom of the Big Twelve, I don't think that the bottom is awful as we've seen in past years of the Big Twelve. I think that everybody is respectable. Again, we'll see how the bottom actually tapes, shapes out, but. Look, West Virginia, we know that Neil Brown's basically coaching for his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have they hired Ren Baker, an athletic director, and he basically said he's going to give him one more year. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so, like, there is some motivation to actually do some stuff here. Uh, West Virginia's uh, – I want to say I was impressed a little bit with West Virginia's defense last week, but I'm also just talking about how bad – how down I was on the tech It offense. was more down on tech yeah. than impressed yeah. with West Virginia. So – I think TCU should roll um, very comfortably because I do think Chandler Morris, and that's a hint to Peace Carter as coming out. Um, I think Chandler Morris is playing his best ball, and I think last week was his best game. Yeah, he's he looked pretty surgical last week. Uh, I think he's been really impressive, honestly. I mean, even in that Colorado game, there were some whispers about, like, is this really the guy to follow Max Duggan? I mean, you look at the offense, though. 42, 41, 36, 34 in all the games. Like, the offense is rolling, and sure. the defense now has given up, like, 
They gave up one touchdown, I think, in 11 quarters mm-hmm. before uh, that last quarter against SMU when SMU kind of got some respect touchdowns. Uh, look, West Virginia this week, Iowa State next week. Hopefully both of those are wins. You would think if you're a TCU fan, that means 5-1 and one right mm-hmm. there. I'm not trying to jump ahead too much. Got to play the game in front of you, of All course. Right. But, like, I think this offense looks balanced. It looks methodical. That was the big thing against SMU. It's like I wrote in that piece about it after the game. It was like TCU win that game to physically outclass TCU. SMU win the game. Uh, we're going to physically outclass TCU. We have the same level of players as you. We have the same level of players as you. Oh, and yeah. then whenever we throw, we're going to throw deep because yeah. we're trying to make a statement. Trying to and, go for the kill shot, and, and they never could get it. And TCU was just like, we're just methodical. We're just, you know, five play, five yards, five yards, mm-hmm. and then pop one for a touchdown. And it was just like, it looked kind of easy for TCU's offense. Yeah. No, uh, like, uh, looking back on Parker uh, Stats of War on Twitter, his uh, advanced stats graphic, 18th in EPA per pass on offense, um, and eighth, uh, 17th in EPA per rush. Imani Bailey's rushed for 100 yards in every game except for Nickel State, which they pulled him because they didn't need him that much. So, they ha- like you mentioned, they have the balance. Chandler Morris finally looks like he's clicking. Yeah, I, I feel very confident in this team right now. Um, and I think we'll continue to look at them as – you know, Texas and Oklahoma are up here, and we're kind of waiting for that number three, four to kind of emerge very firmly. Um, and I think I don't think it's a stretch state. I think TCU is one of those teams. So mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think who they have next week because I don't think they'll Iowa State. Yeah, geez, they have a great on ramp to the rest of the to the Big Twelve. Really yep. Um, then they get BYU. This is a very favorable schedule for them. Um, I guess I didn't really think it's of that. back. It's back loaded. It's back loaded. Yeah. So still, regardless, I think by the end of this month, we'll have a very good indication that TCU is probably one of the still one of the best teams in this conference. Um, I think TCU is legit. I think so too. All right. So yeah. um, UTSA has a bye week. Yes, um, UTSA has a bye week. They as have well. their AAC opener. Much needed bye week. Much much needed bye week. Yes. And so. they open up against Temple. Yeah, like you said. So. Awesome. So that'll do it for us. We'll be back with another Sunday recap edition. Uh, please check out TexasFootball.com. Uh, remember I mentioned Craven's story on Sam Houston. Um, I mentioned I'm going to tease Carter's story about Chandler Morris. By the time you're listening to this on Thursday, it should be out. Um, and then please keep it tuned all weekend long. If you're not subscribed to the newsletter, by the way, you may have gotten that in your uh, in your email on Fridays and Mondays. Have a lot of our uh, sun, uh college content i should say in the newsletter um please subscribe to that i believe we have your email you already are all our shows on republic of football uh please listen to all of them as they're previewing and reviewing the week and remember promo code dctf for home field apparel 15 percent off your first time purchase give it to a friend if you've already made your first time purchase and that'll do it for us rutgers go rutgers and jimbo fisher please give us a call mallory what's the record i think they're three and one Go Ruckers! Go Ruckers! <laughs> <laughs>